0: Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPEL 232, 1542. If you want to be part of the program, you can also uh, send a message through the KPEL app chat. If you've got a smartphone, an Apple, Android device, whatever, you have an app store, it's the Apple App Store, it's the Google Play Store, whatever it is, there is a KPEL news app, and you should download it immediately so that you can catch all of the news of the day. Plus, you can send a message to the show. There's a little chat icon up in the upper right corner that allows you to chat with those of us on the air here at 96.5 KPEL. And if you want to, all you got to do is tap that little icon, hit general message, type in whatever you want to say to me, and I'll gladly read it on the air. I will comment on the air. I will send you a message to the app, however... I will respond to you in some way, shape, or form, but you got to download the KPL News app to get that. Those of you who are listening to the podcast version of this show and you've been wondering where the podcast has been for the last few weeks, I apologize. I've just been swamped. And that is, uh, that's on me. I apologize. The podcast is back. Now, I say that, and in full disclosure, I'm going to be out for a week in a couple weeks. Uh, The week after Father's Day, I'm just out for the week. Uh, Radio and podcast, there will be no version of it. But other than that, I am back. I'm making sure uh, that the podcast is getting done. Just some technical hiccups here or there. But anyway, lots of news to talk about today, and I want to talk about it with y'all. Let's start with uh, what I think is probably going to be one of the most underreported news items of the day. And that is not presidential politics. Yes, Mike Pence has filed his FEC paperwork. Um, I've mentioned before, I think, you know, it's highly unlikely he wins the nomination, but Mike Pence does have a path to the nomination. Uh, I think one of the very first things he can do that can solidify his rapport with a lot of Republican-based voters is to say, unlike some other candidates, I'm not going to run away from our pro-life victories. That's all he's got to do. Um, his former boss, Donald Trump has been hitting pro-lifers on getting to extreme, uh, blaming Roe versus Wade for the 2022 disaster, things like that. And Mike Pence can make a very convincing argument that way by saying, I'm not going to run away from being pro-life. I'm not going to run away from our pro-life victories. I'm going to keep fighting for them. I'm going to keep fighting for our unborn children. And that will solidify his rapport with a lot of the evangelical Republican base. Now, Chris Christie is also expected to announce this week, and he's going to have to be an attack dog to Donald Trump because I don't think there's any other path. I really don't think there's a path regardless, but I don't know. Nikki Haley did a scene in town hall last night and, among other things, said... Actually, let me find the tweet so I can make sure. Let me let me find the quote so I can be... Uh, let's see. Here you have DeSantis, who accepted $50,000 in political contributions from Disney, but because they went and criticized him, now he's going to spend taxpayer dollars on a lawsuit. I don't know if y'all know this, but that's actually kind of an endorsement.
1: Talking about is the fact that here you have a woke company. They've been woke for years. I remember when Disney went after President Trump for immigration. This is nothing new. So here you have DeSantis, who accepted 50000 in political contributions from Disney. He went and put their executives and their lobbyists on prominent boards throughout Florida. And he went and basically gave the highest corporate subsidies in Florida history to Disney. But because they went and criticized him, now he's going to spend taxpayer dollars on a lawsuit it's just like all this vendetta stuff. We've been down that road.
0: What she's arguing. What she's arguing is that, well, DeSantis can't be bought. That's what she's arguing. I don't know who's advising her to take this route. I, I, and whoever it is is going to make a lot of money generating zero results for her. But if your argument is Disney gave him $50,000 and he did a lot of things for Disney and then they turned around and criticized him, so he turned around and, and, and went to war against them, you're arguing he can't be bought. You're arguing that he's not subservient to his corporate masters. I don't know how that's a slam on DeSantis. I don't know how that works as an attack line. I get the path she's trying to take here, that he's acting emotional and reactionary to Disney, but Disney... Remember, did not get involved, and then all of a sudden turned around because of activists and got involved and lied and misrepresented what was in the bill that they were originally uh, arguing against the Parental Rights and Education Act. And then when Ron DeSantis pushed back and said, no, that's not what's happening, Disney kept doubling down, and you know what? Ron DeSantis went after him. And do I agree with everything DeSantis did? No, not really. But Nikki Haley's arguing that he can't be bought. I don't see how that is a good argument. But anyway, I don't want to focus all day on presidential politics. I actually, there, there's an introduction. There's kind of the catch up of what's going on. But I want to go to something that you probably have not heard a whole lot about today. But it is hugely important. Full disclosure, first of all. I own a Toyota Highlander. I love that car. I love that vehicle. It is my favorite vehicle that I've owned. And with the exception of my previous vehicle, it does better on gas than most of what I've owned. My previous vehicle was a Hyundai Elantra. I needed a tiny car when I first moved down here because I was driving from Karen Crow to Abbeville every day and back, and I needed something a little more fuel efficient. But I had that Elantra for 10 years. I've had the Highlander for about a year and a half now. Love that vehicle. Toyota has done a very good job at creating good hybrid vehicles. I don't have the hybrid Highlander. I bought my Highlander, then prices skyrocketed that summer, and I regretted not getting the hybrid. But they have their hybrid vehicles are ranked very highly. They were one of the earliest in the electric vehicle space by coming up with their hybrid Prius and the hybrid that needs to be plugged in. So remember there's it's essentially they have two types of these hybrid engines. They have one where the power generated by the gas combustion is used to charge the battery in the hybrid vehicle. The other version is you plug it in so you can charge the electric battery, but also have the gas part in there as well. Toyota did a very good job innovating in the hybrid space And you would think that the left would be happy with Toyota, except leftists in charge of pension funds in California, New York, and other leftist groups that have uh, investors in Toyota are now calling for the chairman of Toyota to be fired. The cult of climate change wants the chairman of Toyota, to be fired. Two of the largest U.S. public pension funds, according to Reuters, have voted against the re-election of Toyota Motor Corp chairman, Akio Toyota, shareholder, voting records showed, sharpening the focus on the automaker's annual meeting later this month the California Public Employees' Retirement System and the Office of the New York City Comptroller also voted for a resolution urging Toyota to improve disclosure of its lobbying on climate change, according to postings by the funds. Two leading proxy advisory firms last week raised issues about governance at the automaker. One, Glass-Lewis, recommended shareholders voted against re-electing Toyota citing that it was his responsibility for the lack of sufficiently independent board. That's all from Reuters. But that's just the surface issue that these folks have. Key word in that story was governance. This is about DEI stuff. And in particular, in particular, they're not happy with Chairman Toyota and the and by the way, Chairman Toyota is spelled with a D and Toyota, the car company, is spelled with a T in there for that last syllable, just so you understand the distinction there. Chairman Toyota and the company Toyota have regularly warned against basically the improbability that the climate change goals of the West could be met. He... Uh, The chairman made news in December when he claimed that a silent majority in the auto industry is wondering whether EVs are really okay to have as a single option. But they think it's the trend, so they can't speak out loudly. He also emphasizes, according to the Wall Street Journal editorial board, that battery-powered EVs are not the only way to achieve the world's carbon neutrality goals. Toyota is promoting its hybrids and plug-in hybrids as alternatives to battery-powered EVs. Plug-in hybrids contain an internal combustion engine that can kick in when the battery runs low, which alleviates range anxiety. They're also cheaper than electric vehicles. A Toyota memo to auto dealers in April explained the challenges to full electrification. For instance, most public chargers can take anywhere from 8 to 30 hours to charge. To meet the federal zero-emissions vehicle sales targets, 1.2 million public chargers are needed by 2030. That amounts to approximately 400 new chargers per day. The U.S. isn't close to meeting that goal. What's more, Toyota has warned that in order to get the minerals that we need in order to have all the batteries that we would need for all electric vehicles, we need 300 new mines that take at least a decade to develop. And because they said that, Toyota is going after the chairman of the company. More on this and your news of the day when we get back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5. Don't forget to call in 232-1542 or send a message through the KPL app chat. We'll be back after this break. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Now, again, the climate activists that are investors in Toyota, are calling for the company to fire or vote against the re-election of the chairman as chairman of the company. Because he's insufficiently devoted to the cult of climate change. Yes, Toyota puts out a fantastic hybrid vehicle product and should be commended for that. It's not too expensive. It is... Uh, doing a great work in terms of moving to zero carbon. Toyota has put a lot of effort into making a machine that works for people without it being too expensive. The fact of the matter is the current electric vehicle market puts a lot of those vehicles way out of affordability for the average American family. And the government says, well, you can get a tax credit. So you have to buy it now, wait a year or or a little less to get tax credits from the government. And oh, by the way, most electric vehicles on the market still don't qualify for those tax credits, meaning you've just paid a ton of money for very, very uh, little chance of getting any sort of tax breaks on it. All because the cult of climate change really desperately wants everybody to be on electric vehicles 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation got about a minute left let's jump to the phone lines hi welcome to the joe cunningham show who's on the line hello hello call you there yeah hey got about a minute what you got
1: Um, The one thing these climate activists aren't paying attention
0: to is the simple fact that Toyota has almost mastered the hydrogen engine Yeah, in replacement of the electric fuel cells. And that's definitely going to be the future of alternative energy for vehicles. And they're ignoring it. They want to punish Toyota for it and get somebody more friendly to their cause on there, which could actually set the company and that goal back. Because the activists are just run it mainstream that batteries are the only way to go they're not looking at any other alternative yeah exactly and that i think is uh it's just it's proof that it's more religion than science for them oh absolutely yeah thank you very much for the call unfortunately you got a great show thank you very much appreciate it we're going to go ahead and take a break here in a minute when we come back more of your news of the day we've got a lot to talk about hey, it could be that nationally Republicans might not be so bad off in terms of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Some news out about that I want to get to. Your calls, your comments as well, 232-1542 or going through the KPL app chat. We'll take this break. We'll be back in just a moment here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation or jump in with a chat on the KPL News app, the app chat feature there allows you to send a message right to the on-air staff here at News Talk 96.5 KPL. All right. So I want to, uh, I I played a clip from Nikki Haley earlier. Uh, I want to play this clip. i want to I'm sorry, I'm, I wanted to avoid presidential politics, there's a, but there's a clip that, that popped across the screen earlier, and I wanted to play I got accused over the weekend again by somebody of being a, a Team DeSantis person. Um, specifically, the message says something along the lines of, It's clear that you hate Donald Trump and you love Ron DeSantis. Why don't you just go ahead and endorse him on your show and what you write at Reds? I'm not endorsing anybody. I mean, if I were to endorse anybody, I would say Tim Scott. But Tim Scott is my favorite in the race. I think a Tim Scott presidency would be absolutely delightful. I don't think he stands a snowball's chance in hell of winning. He's not the man for the moment. It's not uh, what he is—the happy warrior type, the guy who comes and he doesn't fight. He he doesn't engage in these big cultural battles, but he does fight for conservative things. I think he'd be a great candidate, but uh, he's he probably doesn't have much I mean, he has a path to success. It's just a very long shot, but there, there are reasons why I like Tim Scott and this, he went on the view. Tim Scott went on the view and I want you to listen to this clip because it's very important as to why I like Tim Scott and why we need voices like Tim Scott in the conservative movement. You have indicated that you don't believe in systemic racism. What is your definition of systemic racism?
1: Let me ask, answer the, uh, question that you've answered
0: or does it even exist in your mind
1: let me uh, answer the question this way one of the things i think about and one of the reasons why i'm on the show is because of the comments that were made frankly on this show that the only way for a young african-american kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule that is a dangerous offensive disgusting message to send to our young people today that the only way to succeed is by being the exception i will tell you that if my life is the exception all uh-huh. right. I can't imagine. But, but, I can't but it imagine. is. But it's not, actually. Here's, here's, it's been here's 114 about. years. Yeah, so so the fact of the matter is we've had an African-American president, African-American uh, vice president. We've had two African-Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African-American who's now running for mayor. The head of the highway patrol for South Carolina is an African-American. Still in, 19, in 1975, um, there was about 15% employment in the African-American community for the first time in the history of the country. It's under 5%. 40%.
0: And homelessness and fifty percent of the folks fifty percent of the folks get, in our community get 13% make thirteen percent of the population
1: asked the question I know I've watched mm-hmm. you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful so I'm gonna do the that same is thing. True. So here's what I'm gonna suggest. I'm gonna suggest the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grandfather born in nineteen twenty one in Sally South Carolina when he was on a on a sidewalk a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America because he believed that having faith in God, mm-hmm. faith in himself, and faith in what the future could hold for his kids would unleash opportunities in ways that you, you cannot imagine. Every kid today can look, just change the stations and see how much mm-hmm. progress has been made in this country. ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, CNN. Fox News all have African-American and Hispanic hosts. So what I'm suggesting is that the yesterday's exception is today's rule. And for us to so suggest... America has met its promise. No, of course. The, the concept of America is that we are going to become a more perfect union. But in fact, the challenges that we face... 50 years ago and 60 years ago, should not be the same challenges that we face today. And here's the way that you, you measured that. When my mother was born, about 10% of African-Americans got a high school degree, wow. diploma. Today, it's over 90%. When you look at the income, when you look at the income success that That's we've had. HBCU stat. Well, listen, HBCUs app is a good okay. one because one of the reasons why I took the funding for HBCUs to the highest level in the history of the country and then I helped make it permanent is because I believe that education is the closest thing to magic in America. So-
0: I mean, I, it's a three-minute clip, we, we or a three-and-a-half-minute clip. I got about three minutes into it. I wanted you to hear because this is how you – I mean, the person he's kind of verbally sparring with is Sonny Hostin of The View, the person who claims without evidence – things are systemically racist, that all of these terrible, like, if it doesn't come from Joy Behar, chances are it's an ignorant comment that came from Honey Sonny Hoston. That's what the view is. It's just those two back and forth saying a lot of ignorant things, and sometimes uh, sometimes the others jump in and also say something frankly absurd. But he's he's sitting there, he's sparring with Sonny Hostin, and he's talking about the progress of America isn't something you can just snap your fingers and fix something. It's generational. And he, his life story, the story of his family, is the story of that generational success. And what does Tim Scott get for this sort of thing? Tim Scott gets attacked. He gets called an Uncle Tom. He gets called proof that Republicans believe in affirmative action. And those are all things that you can go out and you can find on social media you can see democrats say these awful horrible racist things about tim scott and then the progressives turn around and say that systemic racism in real is real and the republicans are fighting to keep it in, in or in, in in going and tim scott is out there saying his message his hopeful message is that we've made a lot of progress the system is not racist people are inherently trying to hold on to old racist ideas But the system that allows him to become the first black senator from South Carolina that allows for there to be black presidents and black vice presidents and black mayors and governors and all the like across the country. If the system was racist, that that wouldn't be the case. And it's a good argument. And so now, as far as the presidential politics goes, Tim Scott has to find a way to get that message out there because right now that message gets drowned out by the Donald Trumps and the Ron DeSantis and the Nikki Haley's and the Chris Chrissie's and all these others out there. It won't kill us, and this is what's bothering me the most. I'm going to get to, to another reason this is bothering me the most. We're, we've gotten to a point where we have to be negative and fighting all the time. we the, Those messages of hope, they really don't shine through all that much anymore. It's a very negative existence to sit here day in and day out and listen to talk radio and listen to all these negative things and Joe Biden is this and Donald Trump is this and Ron DeSantis is this, Kamala Harris is this and all back and forth and back and forth all day it's all negative and and you know we, we are conservative, we are Republicans of who we fight. No, we are who we are. We have the ideology we have because of what we believe and the other side can't take that away from us. You will never find anybody who can take that hope of America's future away from Tim Scott because he has lived it. I would love for more messages like that to be out there. I would love for that positive message to be out there. And for parents to look at their kids, black, white, Hispanic, whatever, and say, no matter what the world says, you have the opportunity to go out and be successful. You've got to do it for yourself. You've got to go out there and you've got to fight and you've got to work hard for it. It's not going to be handed to you. We need positive messaging. It can't be they're out to get us. It can't be they are crooks and criminals and they're lying to you and they want to arrest you and they want to lock you up and all. You can't have that day in and day out. There's a reason the national attitude is so dour. There's a reason that negativity is up. There's a reason that suicide rates and depression are up. And it's not just because we locked ourselves down in COVID. We've been building toward this for a very long time. we need things to be happier we need to fight for ideas not against the other side the other side will fight back the other side will hopefully bring ideas to the table then you can have those discussions now don't get me wrong don't don't sit here and saying that i don't sit here and think that i'm saying we need to stop fighting the democrats and joe biden that's not what i'm saying What I am arguing, though, what I am saying is that we have an opportunity with good people in the Republican primary to talk about a hopeful, better America an America where the promise of the U.S. Constitution and the promise of the country as it was established, we can get closer to that, as he said, that more perfect union. And it's not about who we stop. It's not about who we take the country back from, because between you and me, look at Baton Rouge. We have a Republican majority in Baton Rouge, and the state hasn't been taken back from the people who have sent it spiraling down the drains. We sent conservatives to Washington, D.C., and what did we get out of it? Votes for a bad debt ceiling deal, kicking the can down the road. We've punted the debt ceiling to a lame duck Congress. So pardon me for saying that fighting and taking the country back is not enough. It's not. We have to have a message. We have to have ideas other than we've got to stop what they're doing. And that's why I like the Tim Scott presidency. That's why I liked the idea of the Nikki Haley presidency. Unfortunately, she's gone on with these stupid attacks in favor of Disney and attacking Ron DeSantis in stupid ways, saying he can't be bought, which is really an in-kind donation to DeSantis. But that's why you need Mike Pence, somebody who's not going to back away from the pro-life victories that the conservative movement has gotten. That's why you need some of these candidates in the race. We desperately, desperately need people who are willing to go out and be the happy warrior. And the reason I say that, and the reason, like, there, there may be a shot for some hope here. There may be a shot for some hope here. The National Republican Senatorial Committee right now is behind the scenes just giggling because the Senate field is shaping up nicely for them. Some of the Republicans who frankly cost the Republican Party victories in 2022 are opting out of Senate races across the board. The Senate map is going to look even better for Republicans in 2024 than it did in 2022. There were some seats that Republicans should have won in 2022, but they were poorly, poorly managed, those campaigns. And the NRSC didn't get involved in primary fights. And the NRSC was raising money unethically and then keeping the bulk of the money and not really spending it in states where they should have. And it was all because it was run by Rick Scott. The NRSC wasn't the National Republican Senatorial Committee. There were Republicans calling it the National Rick Scott Committee. Rick Scott wanted to raise his name, his profile, and money to run for president in 2024. And he wanted to use the NRSC to do that. Well, it backfired. It blew up in his face because they lost millions of dollars, could not not keep their ad buys in certain states. They couldn't do a good job of finding good candidates. Well, now they've got good recruits. Now they've got people who are backing out of these statewide races for Senate. And that's under the leadership of Steve Daines. Now, Steve Daines hasn't gotten any victories yet as chairman of the NRSC, but the field's looking nicer for him. And All he has to do, and we say it with, all Republicans have to do is what? Not snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. That's right, everybody. That's our phrase of the year. All Steve Daines has to do is do a good recruiting job, get involved in primaries where he needs you to make sure the best candidates are the ones who can go out and win, the most conservative candidates who are capable of winning, not people who are, uh, who are just insane in what they say and do and are being advised by grifters who are out to make a buck and not actually win. But the NRSC has the ability to do it. There's new reports out now that behind the scenes, they are just giddy with the way the field is shaping up. Now they have to work on not screwing it up. And I'm not sure the Republican Party is capable of not screwing it up. But maybe Steve Daines is, a—I mean, he's a good conservative. Maybe Steve Daines will be able to lead the NRSC into an actual victory in 2024. But it's all going to come down to message. Can we have the happy warriors fighting for a good conservative message? And can we have happy warriors who are not fighting old battles on previous elections and taking the country back from somebody else? Can we actually fight for ideas? Can we talk about hope? Can we talk about freedom? Can we do all of these things and be better because of it? Tim Scott's a good model for that. Tim Scott can go out and he can give this amazing message on the hope, on the promise that is America. And people naturally gravitate toward that. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, let's take one last break. You can call in, you can send a message to the KPL app chat. More on the way here on The Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232 1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, got a few minutes left while we get there. Um, I want to mention there's some economic news you need to be aware of. I actually have a story on this at KPL 965com You could see gas prices go up in Louisiana uh, and across the country If you're traveling for the summer, you need to be aware of this. Saudi Arabia announced today that they were cutting oil production again. Now, oil futures went up immediately. That may cause a brief spike in oil uh, prices. Don't know the long-term effects yet. But if other OPEC countries are cutting their production, I think the United Arab Emirates was saying the same thing, that they were going to do it as well. Uh, That will cause oil futures to go up. That will cause gas prices to go up. That won't be good for you and me at the pump. That won't be good for any plane ticket you're trying to buy. That will uh, screw up a lot of things for you and your summer plans. So you need to be aware of that. Part of the reason they're doing it is kind of a poke in the eye to Joe Biden. They don't like Joe Biden. They think that Joe Biden uh, has insulted them and insulted their prince, which he did um they are also uh, they're also looking at other ways to uh to bring in uh who are they 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 were going to bring in uh the leader of Venezuela uh to meet with them uh again not somebody the US likes not somebody who likes the US but Saudi Arabia has made a lot of moves openly against the US Cutting oil production does hurt the U.S. Something else that will hurt the U.S. There is talk of more economic pain coming. The S&P 500, other indices, stock indices, are running hot this year. But the jobs numbers from last week and the fact that the, uh, the Fed is actually looking at maybe uh, hiking the interest rate again, it's causing stocks to start to dip a little bit. Now, the jobs report was ostensibly good. There are more jobs created than predicted, yada, 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 except when you dig into the numbers, there's an issue. Most of the jobs that were created were people getting a second job. The number of hours worked per job went down. More people are, f- are struggling to make ends meet and the Fed is aware of that and inflation is causing the problem. The Fed is trying to figure out how to fix it. And the only way they know how to fight inflation is interest rate hikes. So those could continue and it's freaking the stock market out. And you need to be aware because that can have a direct impact on you just like these oil prices. The economy slow down is going, to come, is going to become a screeching halt if we're not careful. And the Biden administration is just not careful. All right, you guys have a great day. Drive safe. Still some rain lingering in some areas of Acadiana. Hope you guys are safe out there. I'll be back in 23 hours. In the meantime, find me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at redstate.com. Shannon is offsides next here on News Talk 96.5. You guys have a great day. Talk to you again soon.